Hey, this is Manny Navarro from the Wide Right Podcast, and uh, I'm here to tell you that sports are back. I don't know if you've been paying attention. And right now you can save 40% off your subscription to The Athletic if you do something real easy. All you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash wide right, and you get 40% off an annual subscription. That's right, 40%. Make sure you do it, please, because I don't want you to miss all the exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. It's real simple. Get access to all the great things we do on our college football page. You got Nicole Auerbach. You got Stuart Mandel. You got Bruce Feldman. You got so many good reporters. Just do it, man. Go to theathletic.com slash wide right and get 40% off. <laughs> Lamar. Winning lottery numbers coming up. I'm going to switch it up for y'all a little bit. You know why? It's hurricane season. The new Miami, the new Miami, the new Miami. Surge, surge. The new Miami, the new Miami, the new Miami. Surge, surge. Welcome back to the Wide Riot Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer at The Athletic. And this week's show, we've got lots of news for you because it's been very busy on the recruiting trail. The Miami Hurricanes have continued to tear things up. And so we've brought in uh, a familiar voice, a guy you hear quite often here on the show, Kelvin Harris, three-time national champion. Kelvin's very excited about what's been going on. But I'm excited this week because not only is Kelvin on the show, but so is my producer here. He's finally back, Kelvin. I know how much you guys love each other. How do you feel about our boy being back on the show? I think our ratings are going to tank. <laughs> you really got to hit him with that one, bro. I fought it. I fought it. I fought with the with, with the with the people up top, but they they said they got to justify his salary some kind of way. So, you know, I guess we. I we guess he's a short straw. <laughs> Mike Zimmerman is back on the show. Mike, uh, while you've been gone and you, and you've been a very busy man working on a lot of other podcasts. Uh, Kelvin has taken plenty of shots at you. I'm wondering, is there is there anything you have to tell him in, re- in retort here after hearing some of the things he said about you here in the last couple shows? You know, Manny, uh, initially I was like, you know what, you know, let, let me think of something. But you know what? I'm going to be the bigger person and just move on, brush it off and uh, and look forward. You know, I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to take any digs. <laughs> wow. In He's taking the high road, bro. Lewis. In the spirit of John Lewis. I commend you. Thank you. <laughs> Kelvin, go ahead, Kelvin. I, I stepped on you there. Go ahead. Uh, uh, of, co- of course, I don't have that same spirit, but, you know, <laughs> someone has to be the bigger person. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to have you both back together on the podcast because, Mike, it feels like you've, you, you've missed a lot. In reality, I know you haven't, uh, but tell the listeners what you've been at, up to. I mean, you, it feels like you're editing, what, 300 podcasts? What, what have you been doing? Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, just, you know, we've been launching a few new podcasts here and there on different verticals on the athletics. So uh, just been just been working on getting those up and running, making sure those are uh, are smooth sailing and, uh, you know, kind of just preparing for the college football season season as well. We'll have some uh, some new stuff coming up um, in the fall, hopefully. But uh, yeah, so it's more of just, you know, Getting things off and running on different verticals, and then doing a little planning for the uh, the college football vertical for the twenty twenty season as well. But uh, you know that's kind of uh, a lot of that stuff has been taken care of. So 
back on uh back on the Canes news now, which is you know kind of kind of what I missed and uh, what I enjoy the most. I know you do. Um, I'm gonna timestamp the show because again, last time Kelvin and I did the show, I think it was about six hours before. Uh, five-star recruit James Williams decided uh, that he was going to go to Twitter and tell the world he's picking Miami over Georgia, and everybody went nuts. And I, I know that from responses to that podcast, people were like, thanks for letting us know that you recorded this six hours before James Williams because we would have been pretty upset if you did a podcast without addressing the fact that they picked up James Williams. So we're going to do that on this podcast. We're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to get to the, the news of the day, which was De'Ara King. Uh, being named the starting quarterback today by Manny Diaz, and I'm not sure Shocker. that any, yeah, I'm not sure that anybody in in America was surprised, but uh, Manny decided to make it uh, a formal sort of announcement. His quote is quote, "Derek's hard work both and off, both on and off the field has earned him the starting quarterback position. His leadership qualities have been evident since he arrived on campus, continuing." Through match drills, spring practice, our virtual meetings, and summer activities, we're excited to see him lead this offense, and I know his teammates are excited as well. Um, I guess, Zimmerman, I'm going to start with you since you haven't been on the show in a while. Uh, were you shocked to hear this news? I mean, I, I'm assuming you're saying and asking that sarcastically. Um, <laughs> what what, what do you think of Nikosi Perry? Do you think I, I you know, no, he was going to be the Tate no. Martell train, right? No. So th- this this clearly wasn't breaking news or shocking news or anything like that. It was more of just the formality of of naming him starting quarterback. And I, I think, to be honest, it, most I mean, all Canes fans knew this was the case. But but the fact that it was made official, I think, just got everybody all excited and um, you know hopeful for the season. And, and to be honest, I wouldn't be shocked that that was kind of. You know the plan of Manny Diaz to maybe start getting the this fan base a little more excited. Um, you know, with everything that's been going on, try and uh, pump some energy into everybody. Well, um, you know, I think it was a good move. I mean, obviously, everybody knew King was going to be the quarterback. As a matter of fact, he is uh, my co-favorite to win the Heisman, uh, along with Justin Fields. So, I mean, you know, he showed enough in four practices to. Uh, you know, to solidify his spot as a quarterback, but also to solidify the team, which I think was the more key thing is that he's got everybody buying into what Manny and Rhett Lashley are selling. And that, that that's the key. And then I think those, I, I think those four practices we had during spring if this thing goes like we think it, we're going to look back and say those are the most important four spring practices in the history of the program because you got a chance to see the new offense, the new quarterback, and it just set off a um, a whirlwind of possibilities that the recruits bought into. So, um, and you know, Manny has had a great offseason. Right now, we're the offseason national champion. So, um, I hope he can keep it up. Yeah, it certainly had a great run here on the recruiting trail, as we mentioned at the start of the podcast. 21 commitments now after three pickups here in the last week. And and so they're ranked the 10th uh, ranked recruiting class, according to the 247 Sports Composite, which compiles rivals and 247 and all the others. And besides James Williams, who we'll get to in a second, um, the other guys they picked up were uh, Brashard Smith, the wide receiver out of Miami Palmetto High School, and uh, Thomas Davis, a defensive end who uh, plays in Valdosta, Georgia. 
He is a three-star recruit. So is Brashard. But both of these guys are former SEC commitments. Um, Thomas had 17 sacks last season. Brashard, I think, had 13 touchdowns, 36 receptions, almost 600 or 700 yards uh, receiving. And so both of these guys are highly productive players as underclad uh, that impressed SEC, SEC schools enough to not only get offers but to commit to them and, and to have commitments with them. And so uh, Miami has come in and, and – gotten these kids and and feels really good about them in fact we're gonna have thomas davis on one of our next episodes i talked to him earlier today set up an interview with him that hopefully kelvin and i can uh, get done together i really enjoyed the one that we did with cam harris uh, a couple weeks ago where we get a chance to talk to these kids and ask them some good questions about football and where their mindset is so thomas uh had to work today otherwise we would have had him live on the show but uh, we're gonna have him uh, a little later in the week and uh, so you could look forward to that but Obviously, the headliner in all this is James Williams. He is the five-star, the number one player in Florida. Uh, Miami has not signed the number one player in its backyard, the highest-ranked recruit since 2012, and that was when Tracy Howard and Duke Johnson, the number one players in Dayton Broward, both uh, signed with Miami. So they've made some progress here. This is a big pickup for them. Kelvin, uh, I know last week on the show you talked about how he'd probably be a better fit for Georgia based on their defensive scheme and being an outside linebacker, but what do you think this uh, pickup means, and, and do you ultimately see him playing defensive end at Miami, or do you think he could be like an Isaiah Simmons and somebody who who plays at multiple positions on a defense? Uh, I think he'll get a shot to start out at linebacker. Um, I think he's going to be a really big linebacker when he gets in and I think um, we'll have to see how he moves but you know if you just look at the history of guys his size you know the percentages say he'll probably end up as a decent team but I think I think he'll be a productive wherever he plays he's going to be productive and you know he has great feet got good quickness I don't know. I don't know if he's a blazer like Isaiah Simmons, but I think, you know, being a linebacker with the coverage, that's going to be interesting because he may end up having to cover a slot if he's Sam. Um, But he's a football player, so we're going to figure something out. And I think wherever he plays, he's going to be very successful. Um, Kid looks like he has a a hunger for the game. He's got great instincts. I just think that um, he showed that he wants to come and compete and 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 and, and be a, a program changer. So, you know, we need as many of these guys as we can get. Yeah, and he's certainly a big pickup just, just from the uh, point of view of being able to help you get other recruits. And it kind of segues perfectly into our next segment, which we were going to talk about uh, Brashard Smith and, and Palmetto because, um, you know, the, the Panthers have – uh, five guys that the Hurricanes want, and right now they've got commitments from two of them, Savion Collins and Brashard Smith. But uh, they're also after uh, five-star uh, defensive back cornerback Jason Marshall, 6'2", 190. Obviously, Leonard Taylor, the big defensive tackle, 6'5", 291, a guy who's going to be announcing August 6th, I think around 1 o'clock in the afternoon on CBS. And, um, and they're also after Corey Collier, who's going to announce August 10th, um, I think he's a four-star from the 247. I don't have those right in front of me, so if I'm wrong, I apologize. But those three guys would be three huge pickups. And so last night after uh, Brichard announced, 
uh, that he was going to commit to the Hurricanes and was committing to the Hurricanes and shutting down his recruitment, I reached out to Brashard, and of course, a lot of these Palmetto kids don't like doing interviews, and if you if you want to get them, you usually got to get them in person. So instead of getting Brashard, I actually got um, his quarterback's coach at, at uh, Palmetto, uh, Coach Smith, and um, you know he, this is a guy who's known him and the Palmetto Five, the five big uh, stars at Palmetto, since they were nine, ten years old, he co- he coached them at Richmond Park here in Miami, and and was among you know the Pop Warner coaches who worked with them growing up. So I think he was actually the perfect guy to sort of bring on. And I've got a few clips here that I wanted to share from that interview, including what he thinks the signing or or the pickup anyway of of James Williams might do for the Hurricanes. Here's what he had. Here's what he had to say. I wonder how much the addition of James Williams, who's, you know, a kid from Broward County. I know you guys played against him last year when he was at Western. He's now a Plantation American Heritage again. 6'5", 220-pound safety. Super impressive kid, obviously. Five-star recruit. How much did him uh, jumping on board with Miami help things out with maybe all the Palmetto kids? A lot of the kids like James. And, you know, just by me watching him play the two times that we saw him last year, the kid is a freak of nature. And who wouldn't want to gravitate to him and play on his team? That's like everyone. And, you know, I think it's going to be actually a domino effect. After he signed, it's going to be many more that signed behind him. Mike Zimmerman, when you hear that, do you start dancing? What do you What do you do when you hear that uh, with the, the Palmetto coach who knows these kids since they were little boys saying that, uh, that it's going to have a domino effect? Uh, I wouldn't say dancing. I would say maybe, you know, Bobbing my head a little, I you know I, I would like to dance. I, I, I'm feeling it, but you know I'm not I'm not, I'm not getting ahead of myself. Uh, you know it's awesome to hear. I think that's what all of us Canes fans, you know, want to happen. And you know there's a very good chance that it does happen with the Palmetto Five. But you know you, you never want to get ahead of yourself, especially in recruiting when this you know th- it takes turns left, right, and ways that you you can't even imagine. Um, so, uh, things are looking good. I do think the James Williams commitment does help others who may be on the fence. Uh, but you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Calvin. Um, I think it's a great, great sign. And I think this kid will help recruit other guys. Now, honestly, the big, the big signing, uh, because I, I, it's going to sound crazy. I, I don't consider it. Taylor to be a big signing because I think it's inevitable he's signing with us. He's going to commit to us. And I think we got a, about a 50-50 chance to get Marshall. I think the key signing out of this week to me was Shar Smith because what happens now is we got Romello Brinson, got Bashar Smith. And if the offense comes out and looks good the first couple of weeks, first three, four weeks, we're going to get Jacoy Brooks too. So, but James Williams is uh, supposedly, from what I'm hearing, is a mouthpiece to other kids. Uh, hopefully, he's talking to Marcus Tate because I know they haven't given up on him. If we can get Tate, Marshall, Taylor, and Brooks, this will be, I mean, you might as well just give Manny his own little documentary right after that because he'll pull up the greatest coup. In the history of uh, South Florida recruit, I mean, he basically will have clean sweep all of the good kids, and I don't think that's ever been done. Well, I asked um, Coach Smith at Palmetto uh, if Brashard's commitment 
could eventually lead to ha- getting all five of those guys to go to school together. Here's what he said. Talk to me a little bit about the other guys. Obviously, Miami's already got a commitment uh, from from uh, Savion Collins, um, and I know they're obviously working towards Leonard Taylor and and Jason Marshall and and Corey Collier. They, they they've got high hopes for all of those kids. Um, tell me about each of those three guys and what you know about what's kind of going on with their recruiting. I know they're going to make decisions at some point, but from your perspective, knowing them as well as you do, where does Miami sort of stand in the recruiting process for those other three guys? Well, I can't really say exactly where they stand with each and every one of them, but I will say this. Like I said earlier, that these kids are recruiting each other. So, mm-hmm. therefore, with Rashard Smith committed to the University of Miami, I, me personally, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple more of the Palmetto kids follow suit. Mm. So that's the word coming out from inside Palmetto. Uh, like you said, Bouchard Smith, the fact that he committed sort of helps uh, helps them even more. I know I'm good about where they stand with the big defensive tackle there um, and getting him as well. Now, my question is, you know, Bouchard Smith is rated, I think, a three-star guy. I mentioned earlier he's 5'10", about 191 pounds, real thick. I know that uh, the Miami coaching staff worked really hard to get him. He was a Florida commitment. I know the Gators still wanted him. We're, we're trying to get him back in the fold. And, you know, he's a really dynamic playmaker, ran a 4-4 at the uh, University of South Carolina uh, camp that they had up there, laser timed. And so he's got legitimate speed. Um, I asked Coach Smith at Palmetto what kind of playmaker the Hurricanes were getting. This is what he said. You know, being the quarterback's coach, being in those offensive meetings, describe to me what kind of player Bouchard is. Bouchard is a very versatile player that he can do many things very well. You know, it, pretty much just even talking about his body type, his body type is built as a running back, but he plays just like a very explosive wide receiver, meaning we get him in open space and sky's the limit to what this kid can do. Now, he was committed to Florida uh, for a while. Then he broke off, kind of opened things up. And I know you guys, I remember seeing you guys in March at the Under Armour camp up at North Broward Prep. And you brought all the kids there. Obviously, Miami's been very interested in getting all of them. But they were coming off a really rough season, you know, going six and seven. They had a new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach. And all of a sudden now, it feels like Miami's got a lot of momentum um, with these kids. And I know from talking to Coach Manasco last week, uh, you know, he, not that he's not giving Miami coaches credit, but I think this COVID-19 pandemic has certainly helped them in the sense that a lot of these kids weren't able to go on the road and visit schools and hang out with other college coaches. But it, that opened the door for Miami to really make an impression on these kids. So I'm curious, um, in terms of Bouchard and his recruitment, um, did you talk to him much about the decision-making process? And when did Miami really get into the picture for him? Well, Miami really came into the picture like Coach Manasco, just to piggyback off what Manasco said, as far as the pandemic, the pandemic helped University of Miami a lot with the recruitment of these kids. And, you know, I just stay in contact with them on a daily basis. And, you know, the more I talk to them, the more it seemed like Miami, Miami, Miami. It's just something that, that's in the air down here right now. And then you get a lot of the other four- and five-star kids to commit to University of Miami. These kids are communicating with each other and telling these kids to come up, be a part of something special. So that's, that's what's really going on right now. I know, I know that makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it reminds me of what Mel and Alonzo did in um, 82. You know, they they decided to, um, you know, 
I don't know if you listened to the the, the podcast I did with Mel Brandon mm-hmm. about a couple of weeks ago. Um, I didn't even realize he didn't know Winston Moss in uh, high school. It's, you know, Alonzo knew Winston. You know, him and Bane were boys. Hey, let's go do this. They did it. And, you know, I think that's what you're kind of feeling here. You know, these guys are saying, man, why can't we make the crib great? And I just, need, I just, you know, want these guys to understand, though, that it ain't going to be a, a cakewalk. Like, I know some of these guys probably thinking they're going to, you know, come and they're going to step right in and start, start from day one. I just don't see that happening. I think what's happening over the last, this, this year and next year is that we've stockpiled so much talent that young guys don't, we don't need young guys to play. You know, we've become like how Alabama has become. You know, Quinn Williams sat around for two years and then he just popped up and the next thing you know, he's gone, you know, uh, you know, to the pros. And I think we're setting up situations where you can see guys just pop up and oh, where, where was he at? Well, he couldn't get on the field. And that's what you want. Well, I mean, our, our fourth best defensive end, uh, Jafari Harvey, would be a nightmare at any other school, right? <laughs> well, we don't even talk about it. Right, we spend all our time talking about Rousseau and Roche and and Jalen Phillips. Yeah. Um, Phillips. Mike, I, you hear all this commentary again. I know you're not going to jump to conclusions and start dancing. Uh, you know, you got two left feet anyway. But <laughs> as, far as, uh, as, as far as hearing it, actually hearing yeah, a coach yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about how players are – to me, it's not just the kids saying it. Now you got adults saying, hey, these guys are calling each other and doing it. Does it solidify it for you anymore that this is real, or are you still just going to pro- cautiously proceed with optimism? Well, it, it's not that I don't think it's real because I know for a fact these players talk, especially when when you have such a tight knit, um, you know, community like South Florida and Miami that you know all these kids know each other. They've played with each other since they were kids. It's just. You know, we've seen this time and time again where we think these local kids are going to stay and then they end up going to either like an Alabama or a Georgia or an Ohio State. I, I'm, ju- I'm just a little hesitant. I, I know this is real. I know these kids talk to each other and I know they all want to play together. But but we've seen this so many times with these loaded South Florida high school teams where we think like, oh, you know, these guys want to play with each other on the next cl- next level. And then they all just go to all different, you know, SEC schools. So that's why I'm just a little hesitant. I, I don't blame you, but I, I'm going to say this because Kelvin played this game with me the other day. He said, well, why don't we look at the best kids in South Florida and where they're going? Let's look at the master list to see if Manny Diaz has really set up a wall around South Florida. So I've got the 247 Sports um, composite in front of me for the Florida rankings, and we're going to go down the list of, of the local kids and, and you know, I'll read off the colleges and where they're going. All right, so James Williams is number one player in the state. He's headed to Miami. You got Terrence Lewis from Miami Northwestern, outside linebacker. He's currently committed to Tennessee. He's the number 10 player in the country. Uh, So that's two. Miami's got one of the two. Then you got Ja'Cory Brooks, the fifth player, the fifth best player in the state, another five-star. He's headed to Alabama, the wide receiver. Leonard Taylor, he's the fourth best player, uh, another five-star recruit out of Miami Palmetto. It looks good for Miami. It's, it looks good for Miami right now, to be honest. Then you got Jason Marshall, cornerback, another five-star kid out of, out of Miami Palmetto. Um, he's split between Florida and Alabama, according to the crystal ball that 247 Sports has up. He's, he's the, going to Miami. He's the seventh best player. Well, we'll see. Uh, you got Dallas Turner, 
uh, defensive end out of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. He's a four-star. He's headed to Alabama, according to this. Um, Never had a chance. Corey Collier, Miami uh, Palmetto, safety, four-star. He's announcing August 10th. People aren't, sure, people aren't sure if it's LSU, Miami, or Florida. Those are his three finalists. Miami. Tyreek Sapp, another defensive end, four-star. Uh, he's committed to uh, Florida. He's, he's a number about of, to flip. He's about to flip. And then Marcus Tate, offensive guard, university school. He's headed to Clemson. So when you look and you do the math, let's add it up here. I'm going to go down the list one more time. That's one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those are the top nine players. Uh, and Romello Brinson would be 10. Okay, 10 out of the top 20 players in the state. Three right now, we feel pretty good about going to Miami. And that would be uh, Brinson, who's committed. Uh, James Williams, who's committed. And then we're giving Miami Leonard Taylor because we think that's going to happen. So three out of the 10, I know they still got work to do. In your mind, is is that good for Miami that they've only got three of the top 10? Or do you still think they got work to do, Mike, in, in order to really have a wall around South Florida? I mean, it, you can't call it a wall if two of the top three players in South Florida aren't going to Miami. You know what okay. I mean? You can call you know you can call it an improvement, which is what it mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, especially the, you know this current recruiting class. But I mean, is, is there any other reason why Jacory Brooks should be going anywhere other than Miami? He's gonna he's gonna probably end up at Miami. What about Terrence Lewis? There, this is Northwestern and Booker T. Like, sh- they, this should be no excuse as to them going anywhere else other than Miami. Red flag. Wouldn't is it net? Now, now is that just a? Is that now? Let me ask you guys this: Is that too high of a bar for me to expect that? No, but I think in no. this climate of of six and seven and seven and six and fifteen years of mediocrity and no ACC championships, uh, probably. And I think that's the reality check that Miami fans. And even diehards uh, like Kelvin, who want to believe that this program is still uh, championship, you know, caliber. Um, when you when you go through that much losing, bro, like it, it's hard. It's hard to get back to that. And my and let's face it, I just said it at the top of the show. When was the last time Miami signed the number one player in its own backyard? 2012, when they got Tracy Howard and Duke Johnson. So. For years now, the tradition has been not to get the top players in their backyard. Those guys are going to Alabama, to Clemson, to Ohio State, to the schools that are playing for national championship. And, and let's look, this, this was the year that Miami was supposed to capitalize. This, this recruiting class in 21 is by far the best. In all the years that I've been covering high school sports in South Florida, I've never seen five five stars in, in the backyard. Like that's kind of unprecedented where you got that many kids. Um, that are that are that highly regarded nationally. Usually you'll get one or two or three, but five of those guys, and then you know even the four stars. There's a boatload of them. Now look, that's the top ten, and I think that's where Miami has to still has room to grow. But I think if you look at it from a positive perspective, and what Manny Diaz has done, what he's done is outside of the top ten, right, where he's hitting 300. Um, I think he's done a much better job with 11 to 20. And, and getting those guys. And I and we'll go down the list here of, of 11 to 20 uh, in terms of what 247 sports ranks. Lawrence Seymour right now is number 11. He's a four-star, long-time Miami commitment. Uh, Troy Stilato, wide receiver out of Cardinal Gibbons. He's headed to Clemson. He's a four-star kid. Jacoby George, he's next. He's number 13. He's headed to Miami. Four-star wide receiver out of Plantation. Um, Braylon Brown, four-star guy. He's number 14. He's headed to Ole Miss. Um 
Jabari Ishmael. He's number, uh, what is it, 15 I'm on? He's a four-star guy, Miami-Columbus, headed to Miami. Thad Franklin, he's number 16, running back, four-star running back, headed to Miami. Uh, Savion Collins, he's number 17, committed, going to Miami. Um, 18 in the backyard. Let's go down. I'm scrolling down through this thing. Yul Keith Brown, four-star. We'll have to see what happens with him. 19, Jaden Hood, uh, four-star, headed to Michigan. And then 20, Cameron Kitchens, um, four-star, University of Miami. So, I mean, he's doing much better on the next 10. And, and if you go back and you look at the last few recruiting classes, I think Miami had three, four guys in the top 20 in their own backyard. Now, when you look at it, he's got seven, eight, which is why they're in the top 10 nationally when it comes to recruiting. And again, these are all just recruiting rankings and who the hell really cares because these guys get a lot of this evaluation wrong. But I know that's what we judge a lot of this by is where's Miami's recruiting class ranked? How many five stars did they get? How many four stars did they get? Well, let, let me let me say this, Manny. I mean, our, our buddy at the Athletic, Ari Wasserman, you know, he, he he loves this recruiting stuff, and he always preaches the same thing. Stars do matter. As much as we want to say, like, stars aren't everything, you look at the top programs in the entire country, and they bring in five stars and four stars every single year, right? So they must be doing something right. You know, stars must mean something. And I love the fact that, when Miami wasn't pulling in all these five stars and four stars, they always said, you know, what What do you always hear? It's, you know, these are just underrated three stars. You know, they play in South Florida. You know, I'd rather take a three-star South Florida kid over a five-star anywhere else. But now that Miami's pulling in all these all these five stars and four stars, now all of a sudden stars matter. You know, I, I, I just find that a little funny that, you know, when things are going well for Miami, oh, <laughs> stars matter. You know, this is a five-star kid. Right. But when... But when Miami's, you know, struggling and recruiting in terms of, of rankings and five stars, it, it always goes back to, oh, you know, these guys are all diamonds in the rough and these three stars are just as good. You know, that I, that's my little rant. No, I, and it's a good rant. Calvin, how do you feel about all this? Well, I mean, well, first of all, there's two names that when you call down that list, 20, 20 uh, kids, two, two schools that you didn't really hear. One you didn't hear at all and one you slightly heard. You know what those two were? Florida and Florida State? And Florida, yes. Florida State and Florida. So our immediate competition is those two schools. Um, Michigan. Well, well Kelvin, let me ask you this. Has the direct competition now turned to Alabama and, say, no. Ohio State or Georgia? Or is it still no. Florida, Florida State? No, it's still Florida, Florida State because, let me tell you something, Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson, are only going to go after one or maybe two um, guys from this area. Uh, Nick 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 Saban basically, you know, he basically told uh, uh, what's his name, Jacory Brooks. I get a receiver a year out of South Florida, and you're it this year. Nobody really wants, you know. Chad Wilson said this to me one time, and I thought it was funny, but I look back on it, and it's true. He's like. You really don't want all those, you know, unless you're Miami or FIU, you really don't want that many uh, South Florida kids on your team because outside of South Florida, most people don't know how to handle it. I mean, you know, it, it, it can become a distraction. So guys come in here and cherry pick the top guys and they keep it moving. But, you know, being the coach at UM, you gotta know how to you gotta know how to handle those guys. Or else. 
Well, <clears throat> one thing to note here, I, I went back while you guys were talking. <clears throat> Nine out of the top 21 kids. There's 21 kids in South Florida that are either five-star or four-star recruits, according to the 247 composite. And nine are committed to Miami right now. Uh, so nine out of 21, that's a much better batting average for Manny Diaz than even when Mark Richt was here and, and, and you know, and, and the previous coaches. Uh, it's been a long time since Miami's had that kind of a run. And so the fact that you have 21 what I'll call high-end recruits in your backyard and, and you got almost half of them and you will if Leonard Taylor commits and you do get another one of those kids – then, then to me, I think you have to say he did his job, at least in this cycle, of getting a lot of the talent in his backyard. And I think it's fair for us to also look back and say that the recruiting has lacked in the last few years. And not just say what, what Mike said, which is, oh, well, it's convenient when these guys are three stars. They're just underrated. I think that is fair, too. I think Miami fans have to take off the goggles and the glasses and say, hey, you know what? Beyond looking at this as a fan... These guys just haven't gotten the job done recruiting in their backyard, and maybe now that's changing under Manny Diaz. I think there's there's palpable proof in that um, because he's coming off of a six and seven season, and he's still recruiting well. And I think COVID nineteen or not, um, it, you have to sell something. And 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 I think Calvin, you hit it on the head. I think getting those four practices in, showing people what this offense could look like, has really really changed the optimism. And by the way, Bashard Smith is number 22. If you were to go to the next tier, he's the next guy. He's the highest rated three-star in Miami's backyard. So, you know, you get you get Leonard Taylor. Now you got 11 out of the top 20, 22 players uh, in South Florida. That's half. Um, but you're right, Mike. I go back to the Ja'Cory Brookses and the Terrence Brooks and those guys. Um, those are the guys that when, when Miami is winning championships again or playing for them, I think they get those guys again. And, and they stop leaving for the Alabamas and Tennessees and Ohio States and other places because Miami will be the place again. But it all comes back to one thing, coaching, player development, because they have had good players. Uh, and then you look at the NFL first-round picks, which we've talked about here before, four first-round picks this past decade. That's not Miami. Miami's always produced a lot more than that. And, Kelvin, I think you can speak to that. The coaching that you received when you were there, the coaches that you had as assistant coaches. I mean, we've seen what those guys have gone on to do. The question always becomes, what, whatever happens to the Miami assistants in the last two decades? Which one of those guys has moved on to bigger and better things? Well, actually, you know, interesting about you say that, believe it or not, if you look at Randy's staff, they all did pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean – Jeff Stoutman has a Super Bowl ring. Right. Mark Wilbur became a head coach. Tim Walton became a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, McGriff, the crime dog, is still collecting checks, and he was a defensive coordinator. Um, so maybe, maybe we got them too early in their careers. <laughs> well, well no, I'll say this. You know, and me and Mike Barrett talk about this now. And the, the latest podcast that I did did my you podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Randy was on the right path, but Randy came. He became the head coach when the the culture was changing with these kids, not necessarily just UM kids, but kids in general. And they didn't buy into they didn't buy into what he was selling. And the problem is when I look at those kids and I hear some of them talk, I'm thinking. Y'all couldn't have played for Coach Johnson. I mean, I no other way to say it. Because most of the stuff Randy was doing was what Jimmy did. How'd that turn out? Right. I mean, everywhere else Randy's gone, they look at him as a godsend. 
So, you know, and I've said this to, I, I said this to DVD, I said this to Gary and Justice, I say, hey, we've always had talent. It's just a situation of do the players buy in and make the extra effort or do they just sit around bitch and moan and just uh, let it all go to shit? You know, um, when Jimmy came in, them guys talk about, you know, Howard had a certain way he coached. And when Jimmy came in, they were like, you know, it wasn't as intense as with, with Howard, believe it or not. And Jimmy was intense. But those guys said, hey, you know, we're trying to win. So they bought into what he was selling. They liked his, his techniques. They liked his philosophy. They liked the coaching. And they bought in. And that's just like with this situation with the uh, COVID testing we had, the positive test we had last week. This is the test to see if these kids are going to step their accountability, their leadership, their commitment and dedication up to the next level. Because Manny has put something out there that obviously is attractive. It's just a question of do they buy into it? And apparently they have. You know, we still got to see him on the field. But um, listen, Corey Brooks, Leonard Taylor, Jason Marshall. And if they want him, Terrence Lewis, the possibility that all of them are going to be young. Cool. Listen, the fact that Terrence Lewis is committed to Tennessee should be a red flag to everyone that's a fan. Because he doesn't want to go to Tennessee. Um, if we win three, if we come out the gate four and zero, I can see Jacoby Brooks decommitting and coming becoming the UM game. And I think Jason Marshall is going to listen to what that Smith, that Coach Smith said. He said he, he didn't say, you know, the COVID has helped with 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 Rashard Smith or with Savion. He said the COVID has helped with these guys. I mean, he's kind of telegraphing what's about to happen. Right. And then when you look at the, I guess the Twitter, I saw somebody was brought this up to my attention, I guess on Twitter, all of the UF fans are now like downplaying Leonard Taylor. Like, well, we didn't really want him anyway. Like he's already said he's coming to us and he hasn't. So there's some tales in there. Right. But don't be surprised if we don't get, like we never had a chance at Dallas turn. That's one thing. Um, I don't think they want us to lotto. I don't know, you know, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to say they didn't want him. I just think they they recognized early on that he wasn't interested in him, and I don't think they put, you know, that, that effort. They didn't waste the time because it was obvious. Now, Marcus Tate, they still want him, and they communicate with him. I don't, you know, I don't think they're, I don't think they'll be able to to, uh, to turn him, but I know that some of those kids are recruiting him, and, you know, who knows? You know, this is only the third quarter. We haven't even got a chance to throw the four fingers up yet. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I just think, you know, if this momentum continues and they keep doing what they're doing, you know, and we got to give a lot of credit to DVD, Cooney, and Potter. Cause, you know, no disrespect to the coaches, but these dudes putting in work. You, th- you think Miami's going to put forth the money to keep those guys after this year? Because I know 
with how well they, they've been doing in recruiting and you look at Florida State and the troubles that they have had down here, uh, you know, since they've had some coaching changes up there. And then, um, you know, even Florida. I mean, yeah, they got a couple commitments from down here, but it's not like they're cleaning up. Um, don't you think that those schools are going to make a push for the DVDs and the potas and offer some money? And, and I'm interested to see how the co- the whole COVID-19 pandemic affects the bo- the, the budget. You know, with Miami and some of these other schools, you know, do they do they have the money to pay these guys more money to keep them around? I guess I guess we can have that argument in December, but it'll be interesting what happens here over the next few months and, and weeks ahead. I think certainly a, a lot of real momentum for the Hurricanes right now. And uh, it looks like this is going to be a very, very good signing class um, because they've, they've got that momentum building. And we may not have a football season because if we don't have football, then. You know, uh, then then I don't see how these guys are, are jumping ship because there's nothing. You know, they don't. They could, probably won't be able to go anywhere to visit any campuses, and so by the time December rolls around, um, I would imagine they'd stick with their commitment. But uh, like you said, it's only the third quarter. We'll see what happens. Uh, any parting thoughts, uh, Mike Zimmerman? Uh, stay positive. You know, we'll see how this class turns out. Um, you know, don't get ahead of yourselves, but uh, you know, things are looking up and. If Manny can keep these commitments on board and add some other parts that that you know that we discussed, you know I I think who's to say this isn't the first building block? Uh, you know we mentioned a couple of months ago, uh, I want to say back in January or February, Derek King and Rhett Lashley were the first building blocks to kind of stabilize a a very shaky program. Maybe this is the recruiting class to solidify the talent now. Could be, could, yeah. could be the game changers. Final thoughts from you, Calvin, as we wrap this up. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with uh, what Mike said about Red Lashley and uh, Eric King. I think Eric King was the best recruit we got last year. I mean, you know, he just he he, he he's like the glue that we needed, and I think Red Lashley. Hopefully we can have him for at least two years, but if he does slip away, we, we got back up with Likens and, uh, and, and hey, look, I mean, I'm, you know, I've said this before, i said it again, Lamar's my man, you know, you know, went to war with this guy, and I look, you know, I just think he's a really good coach of the position, but I mean, I can't, I can't front, it's like this guy's got two back-to-back first-round draft picks at wide receiver at Arizona State. And I know that has to be playing into into what the skilled kids are thinking because he understands the offense, you know, with him being a former coordinator. And he can obviously somewhat coach the position. He's got two, you know, I mean, I know he says two things. He can recruit talent and I guess he can somewhat coach it. So, um, they they like his energy. He has a lot of energy. So, we, you know, I guess, you know, we got to take a step back and say maybe Manny knows what he's doing. Uh, he made the right changes. Um, but, hey, we got to close strong in his recruiting. And if we, you know, there's a pretty good chance we're going to play games. When we play the games, we got we to gotta put our foot on people's neck, you know, to send a message. Because I'm telling you right now, all those kids, uh, 
I, I, honestly, I can't. I'm not that confident with Tate, but with uh, Brooks, uh, Marshall, Taylor, and even um, even the Sap kid. I think we got to shout at all those guys. Well, be interesting to see Just how. Be interesting to see how it shakes out, man. Guys, thanks for coming on, doing another episode of Wide Right, and we will be back later this week uh, with our interview of the new Miami commitment three-star defensive end out of Georgia. Tune back in then. We'll see you. Kane's cartel coming through. Tell me what these other teams gonna do. Orange or green, on the screen. Hit with a full head of steam. Come to your side of town. 60 minutes of smackdown like the rock.